Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 23rd day of January 2015. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, More About Alcoholism, and we are on page 42, and we will be reading, we will start with uh, two paragraphs, reviewing on the first one, two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous, and then going on and sharing on the next one. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Janice M., 12 Traditions, Sarah H., and then Anita J., Santa H., and Sue G. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. And I forgot the share code, the ID code for yesterday, Thursday. Thursday, the 22nd day of January is 7207-7207. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Janice M. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Monica, and good morning to everyone. These are the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out, And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message 
to compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Janice. I will now ask Sarah H. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, visionaries. Thank you for your service. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter more about alcoholism. We are on page 42, the second paragraph, starting with two of these men. And I will ask Anita J. to please start reading for us. Thank you, Monica. This is Anita J. from Massachusetts, recovered through the grace of God and um, things he put in my life that taught me, one of which was vision. Two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous 
came to see me. They grinned, which I didn't like so much, and then asked me if I thought myself alcoholic and if I were really licked this time. I had to concede both propositions. They piled on me heaps of evidence to the effect that an alcoholic mentality such as I had exhibited in Washington was a hopeless condition. They cited cases out of their own experience by the dozen. This process snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. Then they outlined a spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Though I had been only a nominal churchman, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window, and that was not easy. But the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. Well, I could attack this from so many different points, but in three minutes, I just want to say I understand now each of these stories is is the way that person finally got recovered. And it doesn't mean that my way or your way is exactly the same because I've had that moment before, but not like this year. That sentence, the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. You know what? It's proved to be. It has been proved to be. And that is um, something I didn't expect. I thought I had it before several times. But as we read more in this book, we'll see that maybe I did have it, but it's a 12-step program, and here we are here as we're finding him surrendering and going to do the work. I like to do work. I like projects. But a project, this is not a project. This is a lifelong way of living, and this time I get it. I know that it needs to be tended. And um, what I have been being given, I never got in a church. Ironically, when I got seven years into OA, I decided I missed a church. I didn't know what to do with myself on Sunday mornings. But I have to reiterate, it was through the 12 steps that I really grew up as a human being, as a spiritual entity, as a caring individual. What what a proposition, what a proposition that you can get here. And, and you get it by listening every day and working it every day and writing every day and actually caring about another human being every day. And that's what, Fred doesn't know it yet, but he has a feeling something's going to happen as in fact as it says it proved to be. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. 
and would and who would like to share and now she read two paragraphs and the first paragraph was for contents mainly and we are sharing on the second paragraph so who would like to share this morning Sally I heard somebody before Sally Matt Matt Matt. okay all right it didn't come through here all right I heard Matt Sally and I heard Larry anybody else I'd like to share this is Vasa Vasa okay let's start with that Matt Sally, Larry, and Vasa. Matt, you're up. Hi. Good morning, fellow visionaries. Um, this is Matt M. a compulsive overeater from uh, New Jersey. Oh, wow, this is really good. Um, this reminds me of the time, the reading this paragraph of how I was 12 steps into the rooms seven years ago when I was in my, my job before I went out and sick on disability. Um, um, she was like my angel, my God with skin on at the time. Now that I look back on it, she helped plant the seed of recovery in me at that time when I wasn't ready. I wasn't badly mangled enough, as it says in the next page. Um, I had to get more health problems. I had to gain more weight, and I had to basically get more miserable to the point where I was beaten into submission, and I had to get an ulcer that was so large that it had almost killed me. So, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't ready yet at the time. I wish I was because then I wouldn't have so many problems now, but, you know, it takes what it takes to get to get into the rooms. Um, yeah, I was really grateful. She, she unfortunately left. She unfortunately moved away. But it's like funny, I heard a lot of people tell their stories about how they had this one person who got them in the rooms and then they never saw the person again. It's it's so true. Um I found her recently but I haven't been able to contact her. But uh it's amazing. This is not an easy program, it's a program of willingness. But the process looks easy, but it's very it's very it's very consuming because it makes me look at everything in my whole life that's wrong and everything in my life that I used to love and cherish. I had to give I'm having to give up. That includes all my old beliefs and feelings because I'm starting to realize that feelings aren't facts and food is not love. And uh, um, I finally made up my mind to go through the process. I really do believe my alcohol condition was is getting really um, is getting relieved um, on a daily basis. I have a daily reprieve as long as I keep in fit spiritual condition, and I don't I no longer have that sense of hopelessness. You know, I said and I said in Roseanne's promise, you know. I'm reaching out my hand and other people are grasping it. So just for today, I'm grateful that I have a willingness and the opportunity to work this wonderful program so I can stay absent in recovery and work the steps one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Sally, you're up. Thank you, Monica. Good morning. A vision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And I want to speak to uh, this second paragraph where it says, but the moment of action, but the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. That was not easy, but the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved. As in, as in fact, it proved to be. And so we've been looking at this, these pages. This is a long story. Fred's story is like five pages. And we've been here since like page 39 when we started almost at the top of the page on the story of Fred. And I just, um, I just really I identify him with this guy because we see that he had repeated visits. He had repeated starting points. And, and I had so many repeated starting points. And the truth be told, I wasn't ready. In fact, when it says on this, in this first paragraph, then ask me if I thought 
myself an alcoholic and if I were really licked this time. And the way I, I see that sentence, if I were really licked this time, this time, this time, that's Sally's story because I had so many starting points. And the real question that I had to really finally ask myself was, are you done? Are you done yet? Are, are you finished with trying to do it your way? Or are you going to stop trying to do it your way and try an, an entirely different method, which is what it tells us down here? It meant I would have to throw away several lifelong conceptions. No longer was I going to be thinking in terms of the cantaloupe diet, the Cool Whip diet, the cabbage soup diet. I mean, how many diets? Because every morning I would wake up and think, what will I do today? It was like I was building, a, a weaving a quilt, a lifelong quilt of all of my ideas. But it says I finally made up my mind to go through with this process. And I tell you, there's so many people that come to me or that come to other friends who are recovered. And, and I hear about this all the time on a daily basis. People that say, yeah, I want to get started. They want the trappings of what it takes to get well. They want a sponsor. They want to have a time slot. They want someone to say, I'm going to work with me. But the truth is, they don't really want to go through with this process. And why? Because it is throwing everything out the window that you thought and set aside what you think. And now you're going to do something different. What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to listen to somebody else tell you what it's going to take for you to get well. It is a process. And let me just end by saying, for me, the process really began when I stopped being afraid of letting this program intrude on my life because that's how I treated this program for 29 years. I was always setting boundaries on this process and on this program. And it wasn't until I said, that's it, I'm going to have no life. And I just let this thing have a life of its own and go ahead and just immerse myself in this and, and treat it like it truly is cancer, I thought. Thanks, Monica. Treat it like it's cancer and understand when you get cancer, chemo takes a lot of time out of your life. And that's how this is for me. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I guess. Thank you, Sally. And Larry, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Uh, Larry, recovered compulsive overeater. Larry K., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. So we read here, um, what sticks with me in the second paragraph that jumps off the page for me is, you know, but the program of action, you know, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. You know, yeah, it's pretty drastic um, compared to the way I live my life. But it is a program of action. It's, it's uh, you know, it, as a human being, I recognize that I'm wired to contemplate and to analyze, to judge, mostly others for me, you know, in the past uh, more so, um, and, and to, become, to, to really become the skeptic, you know, uh, to have that critical thinking, you know, um, and, and, and for me, that, that's all well and good, you know, it's what makes me human, but it does feed into that contempt prior to investigation. This wasn't the only thing that I had contempt for, this program <laughs> prior to investigation, you know, it was just about anything, you know, um, I, I needed to see it first, then I would believe it, I needed to feel better first then I would believe it. I would throw out, I would, you know, what we look for, we find, you know, and, and I look for what, you know, uh, what was lacking in you, and I would find it. I didn't look for the beauty in you, although it's, it's there. 
what we look for, we find. So this this program, I don't try to convince anyone um, anymore to do this program of action because uh, convincing, you know, that, that's not going to work. All I know is that this is a blueprint for a life change. And it was drawn up in 1939. You're holding it in your hand, perhaps. And it was drawn up by a former gutter drunk, you know, who served as the spokesperson for an unknown you know, unproven society of a hundred reform problem drinkers. And many of whom were, you know, they were still relatively in the early stages of recovery from their alcoholic addiction. And yet, you know, the steps they took are so plainly worded, you know, and so well explained in the big book that they could be done by anyone at all. And therein lies, lies the uh, collective genius of this program. And it, it's changed my life, and it's not just that I can put the food down today. It's that I have peace and serenity with the food down in the midst of calamity. I don't, I'm not overcome with anxiety, and I follow God's plan for me, the God of my own understanding. That's what makes this unique. Anyways, I thank God for this program. Otherwise, I, I would be dead, that's for sure. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Vasa, you're up. Good morning, everybody. My name is Vasa O. Recover Compulsive Reader, calling from Florida. I, yeah, we all have our stories, and they're all unique stories. I love to hear how people came to the program, even with their ups and downs. I mean, I was just talking with a friend. She'd been in the program for about 40 years, off and on, and I suggested to her to listen to the vision for you. For you. It's not that she, it, you know, Again, she was at the place where she needed to hear differently, and it's amazing. She's been abstinent for like nine months. So, I mean, I just said, try it. You've got nothing to lose. But anyways, I am just so, and this woman is, has been, again, abstinent for nine months, and she's, you know, she's doing what it's, you know, she's following the, the, guides, the guidance right here in the big book. But anyways, I'm, you know, I will never forget the person 12-step me and brought me to the program. I'm just so, so grateful to her. And, yeah, she, you know, she, she came from AA but struggled more with the food than, than AA. And, and then she stopped coming to the meetings, and I'm feeling so disappointed. And here she's 12-stepped me. She, you know, she showed me how to surrender, you know, to God and the program. And then she, was, she struggled with the food. But I needed to let her go. I needed to let her go. I needed to keep going for myself. And we are still friends, and I still love her. She's still in my life, but she's always struggled with the food, but not willing to do what I'm will, willing to do. But anyway, by the time I, uh, this, I, I came to the program, I, I was licked. I was hopeless. I could not manage the food by my will and by my own power. It, I, 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 and I took the proposals uh, that was laid out right here in the big book. I needed to take uh, certain steps, and I threw myself into the program, the action, ready and willing to do what other people were doing that, um, you know, that worked for them. And I'm just so grateful to have done that. Uh, but I was ready and I was willing, and I made my mind up. I didn't want to die. I listened. I listened to other people. Uh, once I got my abstinence, the weight was um, 
falling off, off, and I started feeling better physically. And I remember being angry at God. Why, why, how come God you didn't bring me here sooner? Why did I have to suffer so long, so many years? Well, I probably wouldn't been, I wouldn't have been ready, you know. But I somehow I thought if I came sooner into the program, maybe the suffering would have stopped sooner. But anyways, I probably wouldn't have the willingness and maybe I wouldn't have been ready. But I'm just so, so grateful that I was brought in the program at the time because I had enough pain, I had enough suffering, and I was ready to do whatever it took. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Okay, I heard Leah and Bella, and I know there was others in front of Bella. Janice, Renata. Charles, Janice, Renata. Okay, that gives us a nice... All right, I've got Charles, Bella, Leah, Janice, and Renata. Let's go with that. Charles, you're up. Good morning, Monica. It's Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful. Uh, can you brief me um, on where we were? I know we were on page 42 yesterday. Yeah, we're still on page 42. Okay. Yeah. Uh, second paragraph. Second paragraph, right? Okay. Can yes. you Yeah. All right. Um, I ain't going to lie. Yesterday, I kind of, it's not kind of, I had a resentment. I was like, wow. There was a traffic jam on there, and I, and I thought I had something profound to say, right? But, you know, when I really went and prayed and meditated, I, I just knew it was just ego. And, and, and thank God, right, thank God for the program, the program of action. Um, yeah, it's drastic, but my disease is drastic, too, so i got to take drastic action against it, right? And, uh, you know, you know, right after that, I went and prayed. I said, you know, man, I'm just, I'm just lucky. I'm fortunate to be here. Right here, uh, getting ready to getting ready to go on a retreat this morning, and my wife, you know, felt some type of way. He's always going to those places. He's always going there. Why? Because my life is on the line today. You know, <laughs> the vision is so clear. I need to be here, man. If I get a bright idea, then I'm cured. It's over. I'm dead. Face down in the food. That ain't that, that. That's just a, that's just that's just a symptom. It's just everything else. I'll be off center. I'll be off base. And uh, I'm just glad to be here, man. Stuck in the middle of away. You know, right in the middle of my, you know, I make sure I, I, I pack my big book. You know, I'm shacking up in a room with my sponsor. Oh, you know, we're going through the steps again this weekend. And, of course, we got the talent show. So I'm grateful to be where I'm at right today. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that resentment through the, uh, the seven, the seven columns, as uh, as 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 I was trained to, right, and and trying to give it to somebody else and let them know the same thing that you know what, no matter what, it's gonna be all right. I got faith today, one day at a time. So with that, I'm gonna pass. Thank you, Monica, for your continued service, and I wish everyone a a, a recovered weekend. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Charles and Bella. You're up, and then it'll be Leah. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. 
וואו, אני באמת אוהב את הרידינג, ולי זה פאפט אין מי פינקינג, זה לא פשוט. כן, זה לא פשוט. כשהייתי בפרוגרם,
it had altered my personality. These conceptions, these ideas that I had developed over childhood uh, and adolescence, these ideas had altered my personality for the worse. They had twisted my personality and given my emotions, violent twists and turns that crippled every part of my life. So here comes steps four through nine, right, that allowed the process to plumb the depths of my personality and my disturbances and my impediments and allow me to develop a relationship with a higher power. Because despite my years of involvement with psychology and religion and therapy and self-help books, I was not able to see the defects, the old ideas, those old attitudes that had dominated me and in the end drove me back to the food over and over and over again. So it says, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved as in fact it proved to be. You know, I can come and tell you that I am not what I used to be. I have been born again by this process. Old ideas, emotions, and attitudes that I had when I arrived here were cast aside through these steps, and a whole new set of ideas, emotions, and attitudes began to dominate me. And this process obviously continues through my pressing in with steps 10, 11, and 12. I continue to evolve and grow. Is this, is this a common experience? No, it's not a common experience, but it's an experience that is possible because how else could these folks who were enslaved by alcoholism rise up out of a seemingly hopeless state and body? It's as a result of this step process and a relationship with a power greater than themselves. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Janice, you're up, and then Renata. Thank you. Thank you, Monica and everyone. Tough to follow, but here I am. My name is Janice. I'm grateful. Compulsive over, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, it starts out, then they outlined. Well, then usually comes after something, right? So for me, I had to really concede. I had to take step one. And I took it many times, many, 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 many times. Oh, yeah, I'm powerless. Oh, yeah, I can't do this. I can't do that. But I really didn't really get it in my heart and soul that I was powerless because I kept trying to get the power, you see. So this is, I'm just tying in this previous paragraph. They could never do this if I didn't. My sponsor or others could never because they can't convince me. I have to be totally convinced and have no reservations whatsoever, which I always had a reservation that someday, somehow, I'm going to find a way. You know, I know, because it was all about me trying, trying, and not letting go. So I cannot, and you know, then they outline the spiritual answer. Well, they can outline the spiritual answer as a sponsor or another recovered person, if they if they've been through it that's that's why i you know if i am successful and it's not my success the success due to the 12 steps then i can transfer that and give it to somebody else but i had to first know that i am powerless over my body my allergy that i could figure out oh yeah every time i eat oreos every time i go to eat ice cream it, it gets increasingly worse that i could understand but the thinking, 
<laughs> I, I couldn't take that to be mentally mentally unable um, because that's why I kept trying and trying. So when I completely was convinced, when I concluded for myself, okay, that, that, that I'm up, there's nothing else for me to do. You know, I don't have any more reservations that someday, somehow, some way I'm going to find a way to solve my problem. There was nothing left for me to do physically or mentally or whatever. But when they outlined the spiritual answer by a successful, which means they have recovered for one day, then I made a decision myself. And that's the third step. When they, I had to destroy, I had to get my ideas that was, were working so well, apparently, yeah, so I thought, I had to make up my mind, which means, okay, I am willing to make a decision to turn this over to another power. I don't know what the power is, supposedly, you know, but I'm going to be willing because I can't. If I can't, then something has to happen, hopefully. And uh, and that starts the process of, of uh, steps four through nine. We cannot do four through nine before we do one, two, three. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And Renata, you're up. Hi, Monica. Good morning. Thank you. This is Renata with COVID Compulsive in New York. I also want to focus on uh, the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of, out the window. And, uh, you know, for me, like some of my lifelong conceptions were, you know, a diet will do it, or exercise will do it, the right sponsor will do it. Or, you know, I can hang on to some foods that I'm not ready to give up yet. I'll, you know, give up most of my alcoholic foods, but not all of them. Or I believe in God. That's enough. I don't need the steps. I have a higher power. I believe in God. I trust in God. Why do I need to do the steps? So I really had to go, had to let go absolutely of all my old ideas, all the things that I thought could work for me because obviously they were not working. And, uh, you know, it says in the book, half measures avail does nothing. It was the same for me. Until I was only willing to only do half measures, I got no results. The only result I got was to be breathless, pure, advanced, content, and have my face back in the food. Um, you know, uh, throughout the whole book, the, the, the 100 recovered people keep repeating that we need to let go of old ideas. We need to throw ourselves into this, you know, program of action. And, you know, they, they say it's not easy. It's not, it's not comfortable. You know, we're, we're probably not going to like it. You know, and there is a solution that says almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for its, for its successful consummation. But that is the solution. So I either want to, you know, live in my disease or I can, you know, bear a period of discomfort and throw myself into this process and get recovered because that's how they got recovered. That's how I got recovered. And uh, that's how anyone, anyone on this line can get recovered, recovered today. 
And uh, that's all I want to share. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Renata. And this is Monica, and I'm going to jump in for a moment here. But the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, so he, he makes a decision here. This is step three. And um, why did he do this? Or why did I do this? You know, I came into OA. I was desperate. I was miserable. I was in the last house. Everything was failing. I was scared to death. And I came into OA, and I came into a big book pro, um meeting and I saw recovery. I heard recovery and I wanted what they had. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so they said, you know, we've got a program here. You've got to work these steps. And if you work these steps, you can have this too. So I wasn't too sure about all that, you know, and you read through the steps and I've got to do this moral inventory and step five and step nine of kind of scary but you know what even more scary was the fact that I was scared to death and I didn't want to stay where I was and so I too made the decision step three I made the decision to continue working through the steps I wasn't sure about any of it but I wanted what they had that's what you know and it worked just like it's promised on page 84 if you do this work it the promises will always materialize. And with that, let's move on to the next paragraph, and I will ask Santa H. to read for us, please. Good morning, everyone. This is Santa H. calling in from Georgia. Grateful, recover, compulsive overeater, recover for today. <sighs> Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. I have since been brought into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and, I hope, more hopeful than the life I lived before. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back even if I could. Oh, I'm so grateful to be reading the ending of Fred's story. Um, this here tells us that he at least made it through step four through nine. And um, what I like about this paragraph and what he's describing here is when he says, quite as important was the discovery that the spiritual principle would solve all my problems, he now identifying and recognized that food was not his problem and that food was just a symptom and that he realized that he can see by going through this process, that this program of action can solve all of his problems, not just one problem, but all of his problems. And I can identify that to be the case for my, myself too. And that's why I'm so grateful for this program because indeed it has and it does and continue to solve all of my problems. And over here on the next page where he says, I hope this um, more useful life than before I lived, that lets me know that he is newly recovered. Um, he is just stepping from bridge to shore here. And he does say here, my old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but would not exchange it for the best moments, for the worst ones I have now. And that lets me know, and he's getting us ready for those who are newly recovered, that although life is, we are on the other side, we're still going to have days where 
um, it's not going to always be a bed of roses. And, but I can contest to that in my own life that, yes, my old life was by no means a bad one. I was truly blessed. I had a wonderful life before recovery. But I would not, not by no means going to go back to that, even the best moments of my old life for the worst moments. Because I know today that as I walk through these steps one day at a time, that I have a, a program of action, I have a team that helps me through the process of day-to-day challenges, but more importantly, I have a power greater than me that can do more than I ever could do. And this just reminds me again of what I shared yesterday, the power of the we. And um, one thing I wanted to share here that I love about this program and that I think that Fred is, is beginning to see is that um, Trying to live life on, on our own terms and doing things by ourselves is not the answer, and that working together with others, um, getting us through life as a team and consulting with one another is the key. And with that, I pass. And thank you for allowing me to share today. Thank you, Santa. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Julia from uh, Florida. May I share? <laughs> okay. Oh boy, I only got two names out of all that. All right, I heard Julie, and I heard Anita Kim, L. and I did hear um, Nancy, Lauren? Anita Paula. L, Nancy. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, um, Sarah, and I heard um, from New Hampshire. Now in Florida. Paula. Paula. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Let's see here. I've got Julie, Paula. Kim, Anita, Nancy, Bella, and Sarah. I don't know if we're going to have time for everybody, but let's go. Julie, you're up, and then Paula. Hi, this is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. You know, that first sentence um, I have circled in big, 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 colorful pins, the word all. Uh, Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. Yeah, the food, for sure, but money, sex, um, relationships, uh, restraint of tongue, all of these things that I I lived by because I couldn't control them because I was out of control before coming to program, those, those are all being taken care of by my creator and my, my gods that I pray to because I have done the work, I continue to take action. Like it says, it says in step 10, continue, continue, to continue. And I know that no matter what is going on in my life, I mean, I've shared, I've had, in the last six months, I've had hospital visits with kids, people dying, my father in hospice, um, other, you know, big deals. And it's like the food isn't even an issue, but either is my behavior. I don't have to act out because this program promises me that as long as I do the work, as long as I stay close to God, then it doesn't matter what's going on. And, you know, I would not want to go back to my life before because even though I have a great career and I have houses and have this, I was not a happy person. I wasn't a kind person. I hated myself. Um, on the outside, I looked, you know, like I was, you know, morbidly obese. On the inside, I was an angry woman. So I am happy today to have gone through the process and to continue 
to 11, 10, 11, or 12, so all my problems are taken care of. You know, I no longer um, have affairs with men. I no longer hurt my husband. I no longer um, discount people at work. I'm, I'm a pretty good boss. I'm a pretty good employee. Uh, life is good because I get up every morning before I get out of bed. I thank my creator and ask, okay, please run the show today because I can't. With that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. And Paula, you're up, and then it'll be Kim. Good morning. This is Paula, currently in Florida. I am a compulsive overeater, recovered by the grace of God. And this is what I see here, and I'd like to share here quite as important. Okay, quite as important. I'm just going to take a step back because there is no step forward without the step back. The feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. So first, the drink was down, the bite, the drug was down. Quite as important. Now we come in here. Now we can enter in. Was a discovery to find. They say, seek and you will find. Well, I, they, even that had to be transformed in my life. I found what I sought. Finally. I sought after that my spiritual principles would take all my problems. Now, I thought that word, short as it was, encompassed so much. Could it be all my problems? It was shared already. It is the truth. I have since been brought into a way of living, and that's it. Look at the word brought. You didn't come into it, honey. You were brought into it, and dear God. A way of living. A way of living? I know about dying. I know about that. Every time I picked up, I wanted it more than anything. And yet, there was something within me. We hear about that on the next chapter on agnostic. A way of living infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I lived before. My life, in, as, as this means, was not a bad life. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't do a lot of things. But see, what I had to look at is the things that I did do. Ah, but may I end here because I'm coming close to my time. Oh, how I value time. How I value now the listening to and the finally hearing. But I would not exchange its best moments. And there were birth of a child, birth of a grandchild. Many good moments. But even those best moments, for the worst I have now, and as was shared, I too can come alongside. I'll be going back to Boston. I will be flying back next week. My daughter was in the hospital. She too has sisters, fibrosis. This is life. My grandchild now having a child of her own. Oh, yeah. I would not go back to it. Even if I could, I can not today. They're the grace of God. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass happy, joyous, and free. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. And Kim, you're up. And then we probably will have time for Anita. And I'm sorry, we're going to be running out of time. Kim, go ahead. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey, and I put my timer on. 
Um, I have since been brought into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I had lived before. You know, we talk about living in the steps, living in the steps. What are these steps doing? I want to look at that. In steps four through nine, we're looking at the last 30, 40 years of our life. We're taking inventory and we're learning why it was such a rough going of life. We're learning a skill set that we're going to be able to apply for the rest of our life. In step 10, we are, we are dealing right now, right now. We learned the skill set in 4 through 9 in the past, and the jerk is in front of us right now. How do we get undisturbed? That's what step 10 is. It's a daily living step. Step 11, we get to look at our life in 24-hour chunks. We have an evening routine where we look at, take that 4 through 9 on a 24-hour basis. We ask, ask what corrective measures should be taken for tomorrow. Our morning meditation, we ask God to guide us through that day. We look at the 24 hours ahead and we ask to live by God's will, not by my will. And we pause throughout the day asking God into it. And in step 12, we carry this message as well as practice these principles in all my affairs. So it's not about the hour I'm on vision for you. What am I doing the other 23 hours to live this on a daily basis? We often hear, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. Are we doing these things that we just, I just described? My experience is often people use 10 and 11 as a panic button. Only when things aren't going their way. Maybe I'll do a step 10. Maybe I'll say some prayers. And my experience is those people go back to the food because it's not something they do on a daily basis. I have to ask myself, am I carrying this message? Or am I just being a life coach? You know, a friend of mine asked a very poignant question, are you working with others? And people will often say yes, and she'll say, when's the last time you took a fifth step? Because if we're working through these steps with people, we should be taking fifth steps. Or am I just spouting out dieting advice and telling people how to live their lives? And I'm saying that because that's what I did for many years. I need to carry this message so I can keep what I have. So that's what it means in this daily living of life. It is a design for living that works in rough going. So we need to ask ourselves, have we gone through four through nine abstinently, learned the skill set, are we applying the skill set multiple times throughout the day when, the, when we are disturbed? Are we taking time in the morning and the evening and throughout the day to, to connect with our higher power? And are we carrying this message? Are we showing people what we did, are we showing people how to walk through these steps so they can have a spiritual experience of their own? That is what it means to do this way of living. And I have to ask myself that day that question every day on a daily basis. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Anita, you're up and you're our last share here. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. Recovered for today by the grace of God from uh, the Philadelphia area. And uh, I was just really moved today by all these shares. What a, an amazing meeting it's been today. And um, I just want to share, it says, quite as important was, discover, was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. Did I know that when I came into this program, Overeaters Anonymous? Another one that I tried because somebody suggested to go there. No, I just thought it was, you know, another diet club, uh, you know, another place that I would attempt to lose my weight. And thank you, God, I found so much more. And I've stayed here 
almost 37 years now, almost, because I know no matter what, even though I had years in, in back into the food again, I know this is the only place for me. Why? Because I have a disease. I have a disease, and this is the only place that addresses that. And by turning, by, by really, you know, somebody shared earlier, and probably many shared, about the true acceptance level, like bringing it totally into my soul, really, really getting it. This is it. Am I really ready to put that food down? And thank you, God, this time I was. Somebody else shared again that she had to put it all down, not just some or not most. I put down most of the things. You know, I put down diet drinks now, uh, no more gum or mints. You know, it may seem like such a simple thing, but they all add up when I surrender because I want total freedom. It all adds up to becoming and being able to stay recovered because now I am free to allow my higher power in. And that's so beautiful, and, and I believe it's in Bill's story where it says uh, he grasped onto it root and branch, and that's what I'm doing now. I went to New York, New York City, for the past two days, and you know I brought some of my food that I needed with me, and my friend said to me, boy, you're really being strict, aren't you? And it's it's not that. It's that I have accepted. I can't eat the way they eat, my my friends. And I'm grateful today that I finally accepted it. Thank you, God. I have a new way of living that is so much more beautiful. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Anita. And I'm sorry we have come to the end of our time. How quickly this goes by. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask Sue G., can you read for us, please, from a vision for you? Yes, I can. Thank you, Monica, for your service and everyone. This is Sue G., recovered in southeastern Pennsylvania, living in steps 10, 11, and 1 equals 12. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.